Yes, ladies and gentlemen, we are back for another week at DFS Army, the fantasy football show, talking about our favorite flex plays on the week. And of course, we're going to answer your start sit questions. I'm here with my man. You guys know him in the Discord, always causing problems. We got Garrett Thomas. What's up, you can hit him up on Twitter for however long Twitter's still up at Garrett Thomas. And of course, myself at the Flex Network One. I'm Shane Seeley. Welcome to the show, Garrett. Brothers, it's been a minute. How you doing? It's been a minute, man. I'm doing well, and it seems like you're doing well. That was uh, that was a lit little intro there. Uh, that's new for me, so I was enjoying that coming in. So good, yeah. I listen. Got to get excited. I, I I feel like I've had like three or four different intros on the show in this season alone because I I kind of get I get bored with the intros. So you go you go play with some of the video software, and this is kind of fun. So we'll we'll see. We'll probably rock it for to the end of the season, but Let's do it. We got to get excited because it's week eleven. In a lot of leagues this week, Garrett, in your season-long leagues, it's a trade deadline. If not this mm-hmm. week, it's going to be next week. So we're getting a ton of trade questions in a Discord. Of course, if you become a VIP member over at that, what's that website called? Oh, yeah, DFSArmy.com. Mm-hmm. A lot of great content over there. You're going to get uh, the experts, in quotations, giving you uh, some fantasy football advice. So listen, brother, it's going to be an interesting week this week. There are some definitely... Fantasy relevant players that are going to be on by this week. You got the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Miami Dolphins, the Seattle Seahawks, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So there's some definite notable names, which means we got to get dirty. We got to get deep. And we're going to talk about some of our favorite flex plays on the week. So let's not bury the lead. Give me your number one flex play on the week. Locked and loaded. Who you got, Garrett? I mean, I'm rolling with David Montgomery, and I mean, if you're like me, it's one of those deals where I don't necessarily, I guess, I wouldn't have to play him if I was not hidden in the bye weeks like we are, but I mean, we are. So I, I have a, I have my top running backs on bye, so I, I am forced to play him, but obviously, you know, fellow, fellow committee running back, Khalil Herbert, he's out. Mm-hmm. That's excellent for Montgomery uh, and his narrative, um, and you know. Herbert's really passed the eye test compared to Montgomery. And that's the scary part of having Montgomery as long as I've had him on this team. And then Herbert went down, unfortunately. Um, mm-hmm. But that does help Montgomery in, in fantasy football. So, um, but in the last five games, you know, he, uh, Montgomery being he, has gotten 14 or more touches in every game but one. Um, and that's, you know, obviously Herbert's workload should shift to him because if you look at backup Tristan Ebner, He's a rookie. He's got speed, um, but he's very undersized and not that strong. Um, and those are just based on some of the measurables that they they have um, displayed. But, you know, Montgomery should get work workhorse volume uh, on the week. And I'm looking for 20 carries and possibly a target or two mixed in. Um, he falls into the end zone. That's great. But I don't, you know, fields is fields. So he could easily take away these touchdowns. I wouldn't count on Montgomery scoring a bunch. But I am counting on him to do well, well uh, enough for me this week. Yeah, we were we were chatting before the show. So one of one of my favorite tools, just as I'm going through my process, we have a lot of different tools at the DFS Army website. I like to look at the matchup tool. It gives you a really great visual. Great one. It's color coded. It just talks about some of the great matchups that are out there. Um, David Montgomery has a great matchup. Spoiler alert. But also specifically, going up against Atlanta, it's actually one of the highest over-unders of the week. To yeah. your point, there's always going to be a little bit of risk, right? When when David Montgomery, what we've seen historically is one of the reasons he's been so productive in fantasy football is because of the touches. He's getting the opportunity. He's getting that, those touches, which has led to fantasy football production, which is great. But when with Khalil Herbert being as good as he is, David Montgomery has been questionable. And then now you, you, you add into the fact that Justin Fields on average is only tar- um, averaging about 20 passes a week. And he's they're still top of the league in terms of rush attempts per week, yep. but it's not to the running backs, it's to Mr. Fields, right? So yep. there's obviously a risk factor there, but getting into this environment and and actually I, I feel like it's kind of sad, it's kind of disgusting how we got here. But I'm gonna talk about a Bears wide receiver in a minute here. But this is a game you want to get a piece of, especially in this matchup. So yeah, yeah man, I- as, as much as it uh, it stinks and it's nasty, I kind of like David Montgomery here. And and listen, when you go to our um, domination station, which is our premier tool over at DFS Army, you can do very simple things like filter on fantasy points per dollar spent, right? Um, obviously, we're not talking about DFS here, but top of that list, David Montgomery. Why? 
because he's projected to get 14 points in a half PPR. So it seems like a pretty safe floor play. And yeah. in a situation where guys like Travis Etienne or um, Ken Walker are on bye weeks, you're going to have to find these players to fill them in. So yeah, David Montgomery is a very, very solid option. I'm going to kick it because listen, let's just, let's just go all in on the bears. I am going to suggest this week, Arnold Mooney going up against Atlanta because Atlanta right now in the passing game is a sieve. They rank 28th in terms of against the pass defense and on the season as a whole, Darnell Mooney has a 29% target share. We just talked about it. Fields throws it on average about 20 times per game. So 25%, it's only like five, six targets a week. Doesn't sound great, but in a situation where they're going to have David Montgomery, where they're going to have Justin Fields, it does open up opportunities. And we've seen it in recent weeks, not just with Darnell Mooney, but also with Cole Komet, where these pass catchers are finally starting to get relevant because the coaching staff of the Chicago Bears are scheming to their strengths. Mm -hmm. And then when you look at uh, Darnell Mooney as well, he does tend to play in the slot as well as outside. And Atlanta is allowing on average about 15 fantasy points per game to the slot wide receivers. 28 on the for the outside wide receivers. So Darnell Mooney in a consolidated target share can get it done in the slot and he can get it done outside. He seems like a very, very safe play. And going up against Atlanta, two, let's call it mediocre teams, it could be a good opportunity for Donald Mooney. What do you say? Plug your nose. What do you think? I like it. Um, one thing I want to bring up to your point is uh, the Atlanta Falcons all year have been bad, right? And not just bad. Yeah. It's one thing to project them um, but and be bad, but it's another thing to project them and then them still be bad. And and that's what points above <laughs> expectations is, right? And yeah. that metric. In that metric of points above expectation, they are the worst in the league. They allow 8.5 fancy points on average above their projected um, total for the week. Oh, yeah. Like um, the there. second highest team is Tennessee uh, before, obviously before the green Bay game. Um, the second highest team is Tennessee with 5.2. So, I mean, you're talking about a very, very, I mean, a 50% at least difference between those two. Um, or I guess from Tennessee to Atlanta, it's a 50% jump at least. Um, mm -hmm. So I, it's just one of those deals, man. Uh, you play them because it's been all year. It's been like this all year. I think I, I trust in the Falcons to to put up points as well. And mm -hmm. I mean, I think it was my st quarterback streaming article. I think in the last three or four Bears games, they've averaged game totals. So both teams total scores of somewhere in the 60s. And that's nuts. Like, I mean, you see a 50 yeah. point game total projected and that's nuts. So um, it's definitely something I'm interested in with Mooney. So beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. You want to answer a start sick question real quick? We got Actician, Actician, we got Jamal Williams or Tyler Boyd, Flex, half PPR. Hmm. <laughs> that one's kind of interesting, right? So, I mean, it is. Before we talk about Jamal Williams, let's talk about DeAndre Swift. Can we trust DeAndre Swift? He seems to be healthier every single week, but he's still not getting the usage, right? Like, Jamal's the guy right now. It, Swift is a guy if you're in a, like a large field, like DFS tournament, mm -hmm. like let's put them, put them in a lineup like that. But in a season long lineup where you're just trying to play floor plays, they can't be trusted. The, they being the lions, they've, mm -hmm. it's just all over the place. So that, that's what makes Williams interesting in this question, right? Is, is, I mean, he could fall in the end zone three times, two times. Like that's just his role. Even if Swift's, playing full-time um i think the challenge I am is though like the giants they're not an offensive juggernaut but yet they're winning games right. and you know how they're winning games defense by the defense yeah mm -hmm. um honestly when you when you look at the detroit versus the giants i don't love that running back matchup i think I it's agree favorites a little bit more the wide receivers uh well if, if anybody if any team when you look at the over-unders the Bengals going up against pittsburgh it's a 40 point over-under anytime those and if our AFC North teams get together, it t tends to be a bit of a dogfight. Mm -hmm. um, whereas you look at the Giants, you look at the Giants going up against the um, the Lions to forty five point over under, but Pittsburgh sucks against the receiver. Um, Cincinnati 
27th best opportunity this week when you look at our matchup tool, which means it's him, it's Higgins. So even though it's a low over-under, even though it's an AFC North team, I'm still leaning Tyler Boyd in this situation. I am leaning that way as well. Uh, I think Pittsburgh is better, will be better against the wide receiver going forward. Last week they were missing mm-hmm. some guys. I know Watt came back last week. But Boyd is a, is a middle-of-the-field guy. So I, I'm not scared about Watt in that sense enough when it comes to Boyd because he's mm-hmm. going to be close to, to Joe Burrow in the line of scrimmage anyway. So, Yeah, I, I'm leaning Boyd here. He just seems like the safer play to me. And that I do lean Boyd. could it's be somewhat well Yeah, I mean, he's looking – I'm looking here. So – Last few weeks, since week six, he's had six targets, nine targets, five targets, six targets. Last week, he was on bye. He's pretty safe. He's going to be very, very safe to, to be a part of that offense and be part of that scheme. Obviously, Jamal Williams is too, but I would trust – when you look at the skill set, I would trust DeAndre Swift's skill set a little bit more than Jamal Williams. Rational coaching would suggest that DeAndre Swift, as he continues to get healthier, is going to get more opportunity. I, I just I'm, – I'm leaning Boyd. I don't love it, frankly but I'm, yeah. I'm going to lead Boyd on this one. All right, brother, give me it's your second. Tough. Sorry, what was that? I said it's tough either way, so I'm with you. It, it's yeah. it's plug your nose decision between those two. Yeah, no, it's a good question, though. I mean, it's, it's a legitimate question. And generally speaking, if it's a running back versus like the, the secondary wide receiver, I generally lean towards the running back. But just mm-hmm. with the matchup, just with the fact that Swift is getting healthier every single week, I, I, like, I like Boyd in this matchup. So, all right, brother, give me your second guy. I'm looking at Isaiah Pacheco, uh, and I think Ooh. this is an interesting play just because this offense has been consolidated. And one thing mm-hmm. outside Travis Kelsey, the frustrating thing about this offense is getting these uh, secondary pieces on the right week playing them, right? You had CEH yep. go off half the year, and now he's dust, right? Um, but to me, this week it's going to be Travis Kelsey, Isaiah Pacheco, and Kadarius Tony in that offense, I think they're going to funnel targets and touches through those three guys and, and maybe some McKinnon's mixed in there too. Um, but, you know, the interesting thing about Pacheco, he had a very, very, and I remember watching this last week live and thinking this is like, he was clearly the guy on the first drive and mm-hmm. um, he had a very costly fumble around the goal line and it cost him obviously some points there. And despite that fumble, you know, he still got the ball 16 times. And that was huge because that was easily his most on the on any week. Um, I want to say, you know, he had 12 in week one and he had 11 carries in week four. So um, a huge whopping amount. But the even more interesting side is we we talked about Clyde Edwards, Alaire and CEH. Uh, he had two targets all game, no carries. And after the game. Kansas City tried to claim Eno Benjamin, the same skill set as CEH from the Cardinals after the Cardinals released Benjamin. And they mm-hmm. failed on that because the Texans, who were the worst team, got him. Um, and so just those two things, I think we can safely presume that CEH is going to continue to be relegated to being the third back in this committee. Um, Pacheco had 5.1 yards Per attempt last week, he gets the Chargers this week, who have allowed an average of 5.8 fancy points above expectation over their last five games, and that's fourth worst in the NFL. I expect Kansas City to win this game. Um, I don't know if it's going to be – I feel like it's going to be closer if Chargers wide receivers are healthy. If not, I do think that Kansas City probably runs away with this, which means that Pacheco could get some garbage time around the clock, touches and carries, which could put them – over that 20 mark, uh, yeah. I mean, who knows? I, I, this is all somewhat speculative, but, you know, there's good some some good narratives behind this speculation being what it is. Um, so what do you think uh, on that play? Well, the game as a whole is the highest point total projected on the slate, 51.5 points. Of that, Kansas City is favored by 5.5. Now, it's hard to say whether or not this is factoring in the, um, the possibility of both Keenan Allen and Mike Williams being able to play this week because people have been wondering what the hell is going on with Justin Herbert. Well, he hasn't had his wide receivers for the vast majority of the season, right? So you take away the top wide receivers, any quarterback is going to lose fantasy football production. But when you look at Pacheco versus Jarek McKinnon, McKinnon is obviously going to be that third down back, the pass catching back. Jamal Williams, we've seen it though, is explosive. Oh, excuse me, not Jamal Williams. As Hipcheco, we've seen it is is explosive, right? Yeah, and dude. he has that breakaway one potential. So, if the Kansas City Chiefs get up early, 
then absolutely Isaiah Pacheco could have himself a bit of a game. And listen, ladies and gentlemen, for all you professional general managers out there, don't let your quarterback be a coach or be be a, a scout. This is what happens when you go and you you take this luxury pick, Clyde edwards Zulaire, in in the first round. It's just it's a mistake. It was a mistake at the time. It's not even hindsight bias. It was a bad decision. It was a bad process. And now he's the third wide receiver or the third running back on the team behind the ancient Jeremy Cannon. It's shocking. It's absolutely shocking. It's, shocking. it's disgusting. Um, all right, we got a question from Bali. This one's a little bit easy for me, but I want to know what you want to do. Which two? Do you leave on the bench? So we got Elijah Mitchell, Drake London, Kareem Hunt, or Kyron Williams. Hmm. Elijah Mitchell, Drake London. So, so you're definitely starting Bali. You're definitely going to start Drake London. You're not sitting Drake London. That's for sure. Now you look yeah. at Kyron Williams. Do we trust him? Matt yeah. Stafford. It sounds like it's going to be in the game. Cooper Cup's out. It's going to be a tough matchup. The Rams have a tough matchup this week. So. I don't trust Kyron Williams. I kind of want to see it first. I'm, before, I'm, I'm with like, that. Th their offense is anemic to with Cooper with. Cup, the best wide receiver in the, in the game right now. It was anemic. Yes. So to trust Kyron Williams, listen, it's going to be a Daryl Henderson game. Henderson's getting 35 to 30% of the snap share every single week. It's low. Kyron Williams, I, I, you just can't trust the rookie. So you, you're sitting Kyron Williams. So then it's really between Elijah Mitchell and Kareem Hunt. Hunt's still a, uh, a Brown, and Elijah Mitchell is sitting behind a pretty good running back by the name of Christian McCaffrey. So, obviously, Hunt's behind a pretty good guy himself, but I, I think I'm going sit, to be sitting Elijah Mitchell here. I'm going to play London. I'm going to play Hunt. I would actually be on the Mitchell and the London side. Yeah, you don't trust Kareem Hunt? I, I don't. Um, one interesting stat last week uh, is he was out-targeted by – Kareem, uh, I'm sorry, Kareem Hunt, by uh, Chubb. Uh, I think that was the third time this year. He's just not really getting the work that he's been yeah. before. And I don't know why, um, why that shift happened. I mean, frankly, Chubb's great. So maybe they just said, you know, let's just give it to him and, mm -hmm. and be done with it. Maybe, I mean, plus all those, uh, the trade talk and the trade me. And he was professional about it. He showed up to, to workouts and things like that. He didn't hold out, but he wanted to be traded and maybe this is kind of a, a punishment. So I, I just feel that I saw Mitchell's role. I've heard, you know, them confirm that, yeah, they do want to run Mitchell out there with CMC. And it's enough to where I'm going to chase that over Hunt. Um, because, I mean, yeah. he, I think he had three goal line carries, Mitchell, last week in a row. Yeah. Yeah. So, he's I mean, if, he falls, if he falls in the end zone, I, I think he's going to beat Hunt uh, just one to one. Um, so that's kind of where my lean is over Mitchell and, and Hunt. I think both these guys are going to be touchdown dependent, right? If Mitchell and Hunter are going to pay off, it's it's going to be touchdown dependent. Now, we have <clears throat> excuse me, we have projections. Uh, we have one for Hunt. He's it's just under nine points in in a PPR is what is projected, but I don't actually have a projection for for Elijah Mitchell. I just have one for CMC, and it's <laughs> twenty um, points. So if you, if you switch your uh, on the optimizer, you should be able to switch slates. And if you go to the um, there should be slate where it includes Thursday through. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, go to scroll way thing. down. Yeah. He's got, yeah, similar eight, eight points for Kareem Hunt and Mitchell. Where are you, Mitchell? You got to scroll way down for Elijah Mitchell. Yeah. I know I last know. week, uh, he wasn't favored in the, in the optimizer and he did well. Um, no one really expected that. This week is kind of, if the optimizer had him down super low, I would be a little skeptical, but. Keg is a genius back there, so he, he might not have just updated it yet, or he could yeah. be smarter than me. So, Yeah, okay, we're, we're kind of split on this. I, I honestly think, Bali, in this case, it's going to be touchdown or bust between Mitchell and Hunt. I still kind of like Hunt in this matchup, but I, I totally get it with with Elijah Mitchell. Hey, spoiler alert, I'm actually playing Elijah Mitchell in the league because I have to. And uh, chances are you had him as, as one of your top RBs, and you might have to as well. But, yeah, okay. But let's move on. Let's move on. All right. Yeah. <clears throat> So, I think it's my turn. Should I, I think it is. I think I know who your guy is, but let's hear what okay. you got. I want to talk about Darius Slayton going up against the Detroit Lions. We're doing this again. We're going to do it. We're going to do it, okay? Darius Slayton, he has been a very boom-bust type player, right? You recall in, in the preseason a few years ago, he really made a name for himself. And then, frankly, he's been disappointing. But, 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 Wondell Robinson, 
He had a limited practice on Wednesday, and then he didn't practice on Thursday. So that was a downgrade due to the hamstring. We know these soft tissue issues, soft tissue injuries, tend to be issues for players throughout the entire season. And we've seen it with we've seen it with Wondell Robinson. Now, he is clearly working as uh, Daniel Jones's number one option. And since weeks since week five, Gary, if you believe it, he's actually had two wide receiver three. Uh, so excuse me, he's finished as a wide receiver two three times and as a wide receiver three once, and he's only busted one time. Now on the season, he only has a 12% target share, but last week he had a 24% target share. Thing about Wandell Robinson, we've kind of talked about this game. It might be a bit grindy, but he has that four, four three nine speed that we've been able to see where he can break away the long run, the long touchdown. Because of the speed, he's been able to get open, and Daniel Jones has been able to find him. So Darius Slayton, as kind of a deeper play, and, and what's kind of the eater right now? You play your running backs against Houston, and you play your wide receivers against Detroit. That's what we're. That's like a very general consensus for the season this week. Yeah. They're playing Detroit. Darius Slayton should have an easy opportunity to to go and put up a solid floor, probably 10, 11 points, and he's got an upside if he gets in the touch, if he gets in the end zone, gets four or five receptions for 90 yards, he really could be a difference in the flex play. And he's pretty cheap this week. So I like Darius Slayton is on a, a deeper flex play this week. Yeah, I, I think Slayton's definitely in play. Um, like you said, that injury is really interesting. The the thing I want to bring up is, and you probably already said it, but I mm -hmm. mean, I want to reemphasize if you have, but this dude has blown up, right? And I'm not going to say it's going to happen yeah. this week. But this this guy is shown to blow up, and the fact that there's now a floor in play, you know, the narrative of him having a floor here, that's what's interesting, especially especially in those deeper leagues, right? Especially if you find mm -hmm. this guy in that type of of a league where you play him, and you have a floor in these deeper leagues where he won't kill you probably, and potentially wins you a week just because that's in the realm of possibilities that he's shown. So I, I do like that, especially for for a deep play. Beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's one of these situations where we know that the Giants are going to use Saquon like that. He's he's yeah. their number one weapon in the offense, but, but the Lions have been quite quietly good. So it's going to be an interesting game. I like them. All right, brother, give me one more. I uh, actually got two more for you. Um, I can. What you want? Do you want a more of a flex play, or do you want more of the deep flex play here? We're gonna go deep flex plays after. So give me give me your your regular flex play. We're gonna go deep and dirty a little bit later in the show. All right. So I got Rondell Moore as my next Ooh, guy. Yeah. And Rondell Moore, I'm not too concerned whether you know Kyler Murray starts or Colt McCoy. I'm happy to go after more this week, despite a tough matchup. I would say in standard leagues, I'm probably not going to play him. So keep that in mind if you are a standard league person um now he's had 24 targets over his last three games and that's totally respectable as a wide receiver too and he's finished as a wide receiver 7 21 and 18 in that time respectively we know that zach Ertz is out robbie anderson not good has actually had his snap count relegated it's down over here saying relegated because you know fifa's in, in the world cup it's about to happen so i'm super <laughs> pumped, uh, pumped about that but robbie anderson lowered on the snap share count um mm -hmm. they found out oh he's he's maybe not that good uh and you know they let go of Eno benjamin last week they didn't use benjamin uh more is going to get touches close to the line of scrimmage i don't know what that's going to turn into it could be you know it wouldn't surprise me if a game of five receptions and 24 yards too right that's in the realm of possibilities but with all these targets kind of seemingly consolidated I'm not excited about him, but I do believe he has, you know, a good target share that makes him a solid flex option. And mm -hmm. while his upside isn't something I want to chase in this matchup against the 49ers, I do think that his floor makes him a solid flex option this week. What do you think about more this week, Shane? I love Rondell Moore, man. Honestly, right now. So there's there's been some conversation out there that when Hollywood Brown comes back, you shouldn't worry. You should still start Rondell Moore. I'm a little bit more worried when, when that happens because you mentioned it. We like to consolidate a target share. It's Hopkins. It's Rondell Moore. And the fact that Zach Ertz is hurt, I like Trey McBride. He, he's a solid, he was a solid prospect, but he hasn't been getting starting reps. It takes time for these rookie tight ends to get acclimated. So it's really going to be very much, it's going to be James Conner. 
It's going to be Rondell Moore. It's going to be DeAndre Hopkins in that offense. And listen, when, when you look at this as fantasy points per game over the last few weeks in PPR, week eight against Minnesota, 23.4. Week nine against Seattle, 14.9. Week 10 against the Rams, 18.4. I, I love him going up against San Francisco this week, man. It's going to be fun. And I believe that's the Monday nighter, isn't it? I do believe it that's the Monday be nighter. The Sunday night game. Oh, yes. It's, uh, no, it's the Monday nighter, man. Okay. Monday nighter. So I love, I love that, that Monday night hammer. That's just, it's one of my favorite things. When, when your opponent has to sweat Rondell getting between 12 to 15 points, to get you that victory. Sweat. Nothing sweeter. Yeah. So yeah. And, and he could get that in a couple of plays because of that speed. Sure. So I, I love it. Yeah. If you, if you're going into a matchup with 12 to 15, that's very attainable uh, in this matchup. Love it. Okay. Let's answer a few of these uh, questions in the chat here. So we got Tanner coming in. He says, put these running backs in order for the rest of the season. Full PPR. Travis Etienne, Joe Mixon, Dalvin Cook, and Ramondre Stevenson. If this is your, if if, Tanner, if this is your starting running back core, it's just absolutely disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting. Frankly, honestly, if you can only start two RBs plus one flex, you should consider trying to consolidate and and sell one of these guys off. But I'm going to let you go first because this is going to be tough. I think I know my answer, but. Yeah, so I, I think to me, man, out of this group, I'm, I'm, gosh, this is really, really hard. Um, I, I, I think Etienne's my, my first. Me too. Yep. Okay. Uh, there, yep. From, from there, I probably reluctantly put Joe Mixon just because of the volume. Mm-hmm. I'd look, dude. This I feel bad putting Stevenson fourth, but I think I'm, I'm going Etienne, Mixon, Cook. Stevenson only because you know that that whole narrative with Harris and I know he's not gotten a ton of work and Stevenson's still getting a lot of work but compared to these three guys Stevenson is the only guy who has a real person stealing uh, Mm -hmm. potential touches from him um, in my opinion so that would be why I ranked him in that order yeah so I would definitely have um, I would definitely have Travis Etienne first on this in, in a full PPR league but Oh, man, yeah, I mean, we saw that blow up game. Uh, Joe Mixon's not going to get four or five touchdowns again. That's not going to happen. That's like a, almost like a once in a career type game. Yeah. So I, I'm tempted to put Ramondre Stevenson second, but I'm I'm going to be pragmatic here. I'm going to go Travis Etienne, Joe Mixon, Ramondre, then Dalvin Cook. But damn, yeah. man, no, it's I tough, wish- right? Because I wanted to put Cook fourth just because I love uh, Stevenson, but uh, that was the big one: is where's Mixon go? Where's Cook go? Because I know Stevenson's yeah. deserving for sure. Yeah. Stevens has been a monster the last few weeks, man. It's been, yes. it's been awesome. Um, okay, so so Tanner's actually so he has Joe Mixon. He's trying to trade for, trying to trade him. Um, yeah, dude. I, I would say, listen, if you can trade away Joe Mixon, I, you shouldn't try to want to trade away Joe Mixon. Let, let me look at his uh, his playoff schedule. So he's going to be going up week fifteen against Tampa Bay. That's kind of tough. Then New England. That's also tough. Oh, and then Buffalo. That's actually that's a bit of a buzzsaw. Dang. That is like dang, 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 dang. But dude, he's getting like last week. He obviously didn't get a lot of targets. He still had five targets, but we could get week eight against Cleveland. He had nine targets. So Joe Mixon's getting the opportunities both in the air and on the ground. I listen, unless you can get like a, a big upgrade, then I would honestly just hang on to Joe. Like he's he's our number two of these two backs. But listen, rest of the season, anything can happen. He's just as likely to score the most over Travis Etienne as. Reminder Stevenson is right. Um, I I wouldn't be actually trying to trade Joe Mixon, but if, obviously it depends on what you can get. Uh, hit, hit us up later. Let us know what what, what happened with this because I'm really interested in, in to see what happens there. Yeah. Um, we one got one. Th- and if I could, real quick, just yeah, uh, of course. On you kind of brought it up a little bit, but these these northern teams, uh, north northeastern teams, mm-hmm. they're going to run the ball right. They they have outdoor stadiums. It's like you don't want to pass the ball 40 times in 30 degree weather, you know, 25 yeah. degree weather. So, I mean, some of these some of these offenses, I think, are going to start shifting to more. Um, let's run the ball. And maybe I'm wrong there, but uh, these these no. areas where it's cold and stuff like that, that is a thing. You don't want to throw the ball 40 times in, in 25 degree weather. Yeah. And, and again, it's going to be at Tampa. So that shouldn't be too bad in week 15 at New England. That could be bad. And then it's going to be yeah. at home in week 17 against Buffalo in the championship week, which listen, I. Buffalo is a tough defense, but that's kind of a game I'd want to get a piece of, right? I mean, we, we've seen it where teams have been able to put up points up against them. So Allen, Allen actually turns the ball over a lot this year. 
I want to say he was the leader recently in turnovers by player. Yeah. Yeah. They're giving the uh, other teams opportunities. Okay. We got it. We got one from one shot happy who he says he's late, but Hey, listen, better late than never. Absolutely. Quick one for us. Drake or Pacheco or both and flex one and six Claypool half PPR, half PPR. So we got Canyon Drake, Isaiah Pacheco over Chase Claypool and a half PPR. I, I would say Gus Edwards is questionable right now. So obviously if Gus Edwards does not play, then you're playing Canyon Drake here. I don't trust Chase Claypool. I don't trust Chase Claypool I at all. Period. He has relegation and snap count. Yeah, I don't trust him, period. Listen, we've seen it in the offseason where these elite wide receivers get traded, A.J. Brown, Tyreek Hill, and they get just absolutely peppered with targets. Chase Claypool is not an alpha wide receiver. He's a beta. I like Chase Claypool. He's a cool dude. I don't care at all about the drama and stuff. I mean, listen, UBU Chase, but and he's Canadian, so you got you got you got to love that Mapletron. Um, I don't trust him, man. I don't trust him. We just talked about it at the top of the show. Justin Fields throws the ball on average twenty times per game. It's going to be a David Montgomery week. I Clay, Claypool is going to be touchdown or bust, and I don't trust him to get the touchdown. So I'm I'm probably going to lean Isaiah Pacheco and uh, Kenyon Drake here now. Again, if Gus Edwards plays, I would consider playing Claypool over Drake, but I, I could see that being a bit of a timeshare, which means Drake's going to be given his opportunity. And listen, Drake's looked okay. He's looked great. He doesn't look fantastic, but he's looked okay. So I would I would probably sit Claypool here out of these guys. Yeah, I would agree with All that. Right. All right, cool, 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 cool. We're in consensus there. Okay, so I'm going to talk about kind of a less sexy player, but somebody that's worth mentioning. Brian Robinson going up against the Texans this week. The Texans, simply put, cannot stop the run. Um, and we've seen it. We saw it last week where he had 26 rush attempts against Philly. And he got the touchdown, which kind of saved his week. It could be a situation where, again, we like to see a, almost a 50-50 touch there. So I actually also like um, uh, Antonio Gibson. I think both players are viable flex plays this week. Both of them could easily get a touchdown just like they did last week. But um problem and the risk with Brian Robinson is he he got zero targets last week. He's pretty much non-existent in the passing game. But when you look at the matchup on the week and Washington going up against Texans, they're favored by about three points. It's a 40-point over-under, so it's not a huge one. But Brian Robinson, at this point in the, in the season, I think he's a very, very safe flex play i mean the first couple of weeks back it was people were just plug and playing him which wasn't smart it wasn't ideal because he was that a rookie who had not any real real life experience right but now that he's getting a little bit more comfortable in the game he's he's made he made some really important first downs going up against philly last week um obviously some questionable calls with the rest with the officials last week so that aside they got they got it done chase young i think has been ruled out this week though right for, for I washington so i believe he's been ruled out that he had a chance to play. I'm not seeing anything he's playing. Say it that way. Yeah, I believe I believe he's been ruled out. But listen, it's it's going to be a, it's going to be a low scoring game. They're going to really favor the run. And Brian Robinson and Tony Gibson, I believe, are both valid flex plays. And the thing is, is that Washington's actually eighth on the season with 28 run plays per game. So they're going to continue to run the, the ball. They like it. Taylor Heineke, uh, uh, I like him better to get the ball to Terry McLaurin, but. Yeah. At, at this stage of the game, it's going to be run. It's going to be good defense, and that's how Washington's going to win. So I like Brian Robinson to get the opportunities, and you hope that he gets into the box. I think I think Robinson, I think Gibby, both those guys are are definitely in play. And you know, some of these uh, commander wide receivers could also be in play. I know people. Mm -hmm. I, if you just look at you know points against the Texans are very good against the receivers, but in reality nobody has to throw the ball against the Texans, and I know yeah. he swears by that. He always says that, and that's the truth, right? I mean, you just look at it. Um, so it's interesting, uh, you know, if you have the Commanders, you know, some of these main uh, staples in the offense, you're starting them absolutely. Gibson, like you just said, Robinson especially. Um, you know, these guys, I mean, Gibson and Robinson both could get 15 touches each just yeah. based on, you know, narrative. So I like it. You know, who has been pretty disappointing recently is Curtis Samuel, man. He started the season on fire 
and he hasn't really done much. I mean, oh, boy, I guess week, week nine against Minnesota, he has 17 points. But other than that, like, shit, he hasn't been able to crack okay. 12 points since. No, we played him against Minnesota. He sucked. Like, yeah, that's he, what I'm saying. And you had to play him. You had to play him. And he's been 10 points in PPR, which is why I haven't dropped him, right? He's pretty much got yeah. double digits. But the days of the, the, those first three weeks, man, that's long gone. So oh, I know. It's just it breaks memory. my heart, man. I, say, I think I put 20% fab on him early in the year and i'm just like great i could have used that because i dumped everything else on you know it's funny though no regrets there we've had some time to reflect on the season this is just like a higher level thought is that you know we we come into the season right and we do so much analysis in the offseason we build our rankings we build our our draft kit and we think we know what's going to happen to the best of our ability right and then week one week two week three happen and you're like holy shit like i got this wrong got that wrong got this wrong got that wrong but then slowly, as the season starts to play out, you realize, no, some of these players are actually what we thought they were. Remember when people were were, were just going crazy? Like, is CeeDee Lamb even a wide receiver one? And now he's a wide receiver eight on the season, right? So I think about that you know, at, at a high level, you got to trust the process. Curtis Samuel was a high boom-bust play player. Mm-hmm. In a low games played, like, you know, small data set, that is fantasy football, two weeks where he scores 20-plus points, fantastic it's not viable to assume that he's going to score 20 points for the rest of the season it's just not realistic shit happens carson wentz who he had chemistry with curtis samuel he gets hurt early in the season so these things tend to change and players that we did like at the start of the season ken walker travis Etienne, Brees hall who may have had slow starts slowly started to produce now, obviously Brees got hurt so that sucks but jonathan taylor even he's back he's healthy he's finally starting to produce again so as a whole i'd say trust the process and listen, early on in the season, I'm never going to say don't go all in like 20% fab on a player like Curtis Samuel because he could be league winning. He could be league winning, but people, players tend to regress back to their norms. If he's only getting a few touches a week, a few opportunities a week, chances that he's going to continue to put up 20 point weeks, it's just not realistic. So trust the process people and don't chase points. That's, I think that's the lesson here, but um, okay. I got a couple more names that I'm going to name off here. Uh, actually, give me your deep flex first. Let, let's go to your deep flex, and then I've got some notable players that aren't necessarily as deep, but we got to talk about. But I, um, the general media has oversaturated, so I don't want to. I didn't want to spend too much time on the show, but are kind of locked and loaded type players. But give me your deep guy first. Get dirty. So look at the Rams. Oh, pray for me. Look at the Rams. Oh, ben Skornick. Uh, Skornick. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. See, there you go. I mean, you don't. It's hard to say his <laughs> name. I've looked at. His, I've looked at pronouncing this dude's name at least ten mm-hmm. times before I said yeah. it, and I still yeah. said it wrong. It's Skoronic, ladies and gentlemen. Skoronic. Ben Skoronic. Skoronic. Ben. Skoronic, yes. Got it. Got it. Cooper Cup has been injured, man, right? Everybody knows that. Best dude in fantasy in the last mm-hmm. two seasons. Um, that dude has occupied 10.9 targets per game this season. That's a ton of targets. Mm-hmm. Allen Robinson, been abysmal. We all know <laughs> that. You're going back to what she said, we all did our due diligence and mm-hmm. found out quickly that Allen Robinson is frankly washed. Um, and, you know, he's been bad for the Rams. He's been bad for the fantasy managers. So why not, you know, Ben? You know, he's got a 100% snap share last week. He had an 80% route rate as well. Um, now the snap share, he's, he's, he trended well. He started trending the opposite way for, I think two to three weeks before last week with his mm-hmm. snap share, but obviously cup's gone. He's going to be, you know, in these sets now, you know, so 80% route rate. Uh, he saw seven targets last week, one in the red zone. And, you know, he only turned that into two, in, uh, two receptions, but that was obviously a backup quarterback that looked painful. Um, you know, this is a kind of a, a speculative play backed by some, you know, usage data like Snapshare, mm-hmm. like route rate, right? This isn't a locked and loaded play by any means, but these missing targets have to go somewhere. And I do think between, um, you know, him and uh, Higby, those are the two guys that are going to get these targets and, you know, potentially Kyron Williams or whatever running back is also running there because it seems like they, they heavily utilize Robinson, not heavily. Let me take that back they use Robinson enough in the red zone. I feel like that's kind of where they're going to focus their usage on Robinson could be wrong, but um, you know, obviously it's the Rams. They've been bad. Matt Stafford, he's been bad. They've cleaned up the turnovers, which is why you don't want to necessarily automatically stream against them anymore with your DSTs. But uh, you know, 
I, I do think this is in play for your really deep leagues. I think you can find him, um, you know, this late in the week, it could be a little more difficult to find him, but also a good little DFS flyer as well. Um, as long mm-hmm. as they're on the slate, I can't remember what time they play, but as long as he's on the slate, good little DFS flyer too. Yeah. What, what do you think about Van Jefferson? No, I do. Yeah. Van Jefferson being back, it's, it's kind of complex, right? Because we had, yeah. I think, some sort of, of narrative built in with Van Jefferson, too. And I would say he's probably the better athlete. but Definitely a better athlete, me, yeah. Yeah, to me, he's 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 not been in this offense all year. They, he's not, mm-hmm. you know, there's some rap report to be had with with him only being in the, in the office for three weeks. And, you know, you've seen his snap share uh, regress the last three weeks uh, on top of that with Van Jefferson. So, I mean... That kind of screams some. I mean, even last week he he set the his season low, even despite you know the cup injury, and and so it's just interesting. Um, you know, he's he's obviously in play. You can't discount him, but I, I do think that um, Skoranek is, if I'm saying that right, Ben There you go. You got it. So. Yeah. So the one thing about so so Ben Skoranek, he generally has a high snap share. I mean, last week he saw ninety eight percent snap share. Um, he's been closer to 70% midway through the season, but he started off north of 80, 85%. So mm-hmm. the thing that Ben Skronik does, he's a big dude. He's six foot three, 224 pounds. He is a fantastic blocker. I'm not sure if you've seen some of the highlights. It's like kind of the grindy highlights that you see on, on, on Twitter, and whatnot. But yeah. if you get isolated, like Ben Skronik is a fantastic blocker and, and he was actually great at helping Coop get open and, and even blocking in a run game. So Ben Skronik's a fantastic blocker. Um, Van Jefferson last week, he got the touchdown was kind of saved his week. It's kind of up in the air, man. Like I'm honestly not comfortable starting any, not one, none of these Rams wide receivers, um, like super comfortable. Obviously this is a deep flex. So we're, mm-hmm. we're getting grindy. Um, it, of the two, I would probably lean Van just a little bit more, but Honestly, both could just fall flat in their face. Uh, Matt Stafford, you can't start him in fantasy football right now. No, Daryl no, Henderson, no, no, no. Uh, if he has to start Daryl, like I do, I have to start him in one league because two of my starting running backs are on bye week. Um, I don't love it. I really don't love it because the Rams might not be in scoring position. And Daryl Henderson, he's like, that's how he's going to get points is by getting in the end zone. So that worries me a little bit. Um, yeah, it, it could be a nasty game, but hey, man, I, I've had. Listen, Garrett, I've had Ben Skronik, I think, twice on this show as a deep flyer. So this will be three times in 11 weeks. That's not bad, man. That's not bad for a player. Now, he's he paid off one week, and other weeks he's been disappointing. But Van uh, Jefferson is a good player. He had good rapport with, that, with Matt Stafford. I could see him coming in, and because he's got that rapport, uh, maybe get being the beneficiary of Cooper Cup being out. But I just think this whole offense is going to be anemic. And so for the record, Geek, I'm looking straight at you. We had a bet on the show at the start of the season. And the bet was if uh, Allen Robertson finishes as a wide receiver 23 or better, Geek wins. And if he finishes anything worse, I win. So it's looking pretty good. It's looking pretty good. I, I was very actively against drafting Allen Robinson this year, and I was very vocal about it. And so far, it seems to be paying off. It's um, a, a good call by you because <laughs> there's a lot of things that suggested to pick him. So. Well, there was no, you know what it was? It was, he was getting into this electric offense, but when you looked at a lot of the metrics last year, yes, he was playing on a crappy Chicago bears team. But when you looked at just the individual metrics of so the one-on-one matchups, the 50, 50 balls, things that he was very, very good at early on in his career, he fell flat in his face on last year. Like his, his peripheral numbers just were not good. And some people were saying, Oh, it's just cause he didn't care. But when he was getting targets, he's still a professional athlete, right? You still want that dog mentality. And, and you wonder like, there's a certain thing about culture, right? I mean, all what what makes one fantasy football or one NFL team better than the other when on paper a lot of these players are very comparable, right? It's right. it's it's team culture. And sometimes it's really, really tough to go two, three seasons with just status quo mentality, and then all of a sudden to be able to ramp it up. It's tough, man. So I wasn't I wasn't buying the narrative. Now, in one league, I didn't end up drafting him just because you know you don't want to completely fade these guys because he could have blown up but sure again trust trust your process um okay we got a question from one shot about hollywood brown and keenan allen any word from them this week so keenan allen is is questionable it sounds like he actually has a pretty good opportunity to play this week um trying to see yeah he practiced in full on friday so generally speaking when a player practices in full on friday that like that's the the kind of go-to one if they don't practice 
that's worrisome. Keenan Allen was a full participant, so I like Keenan Allen. I think he's going to play this week. Huge game, really important game for them this week. They need, need, need a win if they have any chances of making the playoffs still. Um, so Keenan Allen and Hollywood Brown, I don't think he's playing this week, right? Like he is. I'm gonna. It's just because there's a chance to me. Like I, Brown is is such a coming off a very devastating in, injury, soft tissue injury with the high ankle yeah. sprain. That's that's not easy to recover from. I, to me, he's coming off short time. Which I, if they bring him back, I think he's going to be healthy. I don't know if they're just going to drop him in and just you know, he's going to get his target share and his his snapshot. No. Getting so I that's where it's like I, I fade him. Probably if he played. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but DFS, it's a good little spot to maybe think about getting unique if he does play. Well, the thing is, but, is that, I mean, again, the Cardinals play Monday night, right? So yeah. if you have Hollywood Brown and you're depending on him, you need to have a backup. I wouldn't. I, frankly, I would err on the side of caution. And frankly, the Cardinals should as well, I believe. Give him one more week. He was practicing in limited fashion throughout the week this week. Give him one more week, get fully healthy. Rondell Moore has been very, very good. Yeah. He's been very, very good. And this week on Monday night, going up against San Francisco, it's going to be a tough game. They're at home. They're the underdogs at home against San Fran. But it's in Mexico City, just to to make sure. Yeah. Oh, it's in Mexico City. Oh, mm-hmm. damn. So they're yeah. Home, but still. It's, yeah, they're the home team in Mexico City. Man, I don't trust any of those real games. I don't trust any of those international games. I don't. I don't. Um, I would fade him, man. I would fade Hollywood Brown, even if he does play. Coming back from the injury, limited practice all week. Ron Dunmore has been playing very, very well. DeAndre Hopkins has been playing very, very well. I would fade him this week, brother. Okay. I got a few players I just want to mention. We're not going to get into deep, but worth mentioning. Okay. So, Drake London this week going up against the Bears. I like that matchup. Um, Kadarius Tony. Listen, Kadarius Tony would have been my top flex play of the week, but I pretty much, you Google who should you start this week. Kadarius Tony is on every bloody website. So, I don't need to reiterate it. Kadarius Tony has a cake matchup this week it's going to be fantastic so of course he's going to fail but you know that's just how fantasy football works but juju is not playing he's been ruled out and of course nicole harman is on ir lock and loaded Kadarius tony is going to have a big week um if you're kind of getting grindy Melvin gordon going up against las vegas it's kind of a muddled backfield but he is rising to the top i still think he's the best running back in that backfield for whatever reason man chase Edmonds just can't get it done it's just, it's, it, that's one I'm with. They paid him, I, man. That's what blows my mind. They paid that dude and they traded him. They're like, nah, we're good. I, it's shocking, man. Shocking. Jeff Wilson, by the way, my God, he's doing fantastic. Um, and then if you, if you need to get down and dirty at the tight end position, I actually like Tyler Conklin going up against Pats this week, coming off the bye. Conklin has been starting to get the yeah. targets and it's a pretty decent matchup. Uh, Pats are not fantastic. They're great against the run but they've been able to give up points against um, the tight end position. And listen, I said it, don't chase fantasy points, but Tyler Conklin did get two touchdowns against the Patriots when they played earlier on in the season. So can't bank on that, but I I could definitely bank on him being a a part of that offense. And especially in your tight end premium leagues, uh, the 1.5 PPR type leagues, uh, Tyler Conklin gets four or five targets, possible end zone opportunity, I think it's going to be pretty solid. So again, no Brees Hall, right? So it's going to be Michael Carter. They're going to have to use more of the weapons. They're going to have to spread the ball and crossing our fingers. The Zach Wilson continues to look good. Cause are we big Zach Wilson fans in the show? No, we're not right. You agree, right? Zach Wilson sucks. I believe was words from your mouth. He kind of does, but he's been starting to play better in recent weeks. And um, I believe it's at home in, in, in New York this week. So no, it's never mind. It's in, in it's in Foxborough, but still, mm-hmm. I still like it. I would say Tyler Conklin as a decent end flyer this week. I got another um, one for you on the tight yeah. end flyer. Sure. Well, I mean, Jay McBride. I mean, we're talking about Zach Ertz mm-hmm. being injured, like plug yeah. and play. Depend, you know, especially these premier tight end premier leagues. Um, you know, that's option for sure. Um, you know, they have play calls to the tight end, and you know, he, I believe he was uh, somebody at Colorado State who who did a good job at being a receiving tight end. Um, I might be wrong on that, but um, if I recall that correctly. So I, that's somebody I'm going after, even if I, you know, the Colorado State and him being a good pass catcher, I would still be interested in him no matter what. So um, that's just somebody that, you know, if you're getting down to the dirty of the tight end position, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if he ended up in the top 12, um, but I wouldn't, you know, put my, wouldn't put my word on that one, but it just wouldn't surprise me. So it is. So last year, his last year of college, he had 
90 receptions for 1100 yards and a touchdown. Like he's, he's a beast. Trey McBride's a beast actually. So the player that I see when I look at Trey McBride, I kind of see like an Adam Troutman. Yes. I know Adam Troutman sucks at fantasy football. I get it. I get it. But as a prospect, Adam Troutman was a great prospect. That's, that's who Trey McBride reminds me of. Mm -hmm. Um, he is six foot four, 245 pounds, which is kind of that ideal pass catching tight end size. It was him and it was it was Greg Dulcich, were, were the two top tight end prospects for fantasy football. Isaiah likely kind of jumped off the page and he's been fantastic. Great. Um Mark Andrews looks like he's going to be healthy and playing this week. But listen, we, we've seen these rookie tight ends actually make an impact. So maybe we need to start changing narrative that rookie tight ends can't produce. But yeah, it's a little risky. It's definitely a risky option, but in some cases, especially if you're playing in a dynasty league and you have Trey McBride and maybe have it had Dallas Goddard, you might have to play him, or maybe yeah. has Zach Ertz. You might have to I play would him, say, so. yeah, he's a better plug and play than these Eagles tight ends because, like, the Eagle tight ends, stole. Like, Ugh, woof, so. woof, woof. Yeah, I would, I would yeah, say, so I mean, that's kind of like a lot of people could be going down that road, but I would, yeah, if you're just trying to plug and play a new backup being thrust into a starting role, I would put McBride on that list before the Eagles tight ends as well yeah absolutely brother all right man that is it so let's end it there man appreciate you guys jumping on we are the fantasy football show for dfs army check us out dfsarmy.com and guess what we still have the promotion dfsarmy.com forward slash free dash offer if you're new to dfs listen fantasy football teams or season-long teams some of you guys are probably already out of the playoffs or it's do or die there's still dfs if you're new to dfs you're a little bit reluctant to get in there Go try it. Follow the link in the show description below and just give it a try. Follow the instructions. You're going to have to deposit in some of these websites anyways for the first time. Get a free month of DFS Army Coaching and we're going to help pay you back that deposit and we're going to help you cash. Cash, money, baby. So that's it. So for Garrett, I'm Flex Shane and we are the DFS Army Fantasy Football Show. Peace. Sheesh. Yeah.